Grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, banking these days is different than it was back in the old days. You know, bankers, a lot of bankers, and I know a lot of you come from the banking industry, or maybe you still are involved in the banking industry, and my guess is, is that you love numbers, you love math, you love accounting, and the like. But if, say, you were in North California or parts of Oregon in 1880, you would have had another skill that you would have had to deal with, fear, being terrified, being scared. You see, from 1875 to 1883, 28 Wells Fargo's banks and stagecoaches were robbed by one man. His name was Black Bart. At least that's what they called him, not the pirate. No, this Black Bart terrorized Wells Fargo's. That's what he did. And he was a terror. He was scary. He had no face. They didn't know his name. They didn't even know what he looked like. He could be anybody. And so there was a sense of fear. There was a sense of terror and a sense of the unexpected in the banking industry. You know, in our own lives, we do have things, not Black Bart per se, but we do have things in our life, in our world that causes us fear, that causes us to be afraid, maybe even a glimpse of terror, the kind of thing that would keep you up at night, keep you awake at night, keep your brain churning. It's not called Black Bart. It's called guilt. Guilt over something that was done or said. Some past event that has made its mark on us. Some off-the-cuff comment that we didn't think anything about at the time, but now all of a sudden our brain won't stop and we can't not think about it. Some backroom fight that you got into that you thought was over and done with, but yet your brain keeps bringing it up. Some event in your past, some guilt that you have. And some, maybe it's not even a past, just event. Maybe it's an entire season of your life, a time of your life that you remember so well, but the more you go back and think about it, you realize all those mistakes that you made, all those times that you weren't there when you should have been. All those times when you disappointed others and it keeps coming back over and over again in your mind and it keeps you up at night and you just can't get rid of it. As we continue on in our sermon series of Witnesses of Christ, tonight's witness knows quite a bit about guilt. He knows about it quite a lot. In fact, our text for tonight features Peter denying Christ three times before the rooster crows. Some of the other gospels let us know that after this, he goes out and he weeps bitterly. That guilt is just too much. It's overwhelming. He knows what he has done. He feels guilt over it. But to put this in full context, we have to rewind a little bit. You see, Peter's not, Peter's not just a, a character that we get one time and that's it. You see, Peter is all throughout the Gospels. He was involved very intricately with the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was one of the first disciples called. When Jesus saw him on a boat, he called on him to make him fishers of men. And Peter spoke boldly. He talked about how Jesus had the words of eternal life. 
He also, he also was the one that said at the dinner right before Jesus was arrested that he would go forward and lay down his life for Jesus. But he didn't have just bold words. He also had bold action. If you can recall, when Jesus walked on water, it was Peter that got out of the boat, that walked out to Jesus, that failed, that sank, and was saved by Christ. Yes, Peter, one of the intricate. Yes, even in those times when Jesus would separate the disciples, and he would take three with him, usually James and John and Peter. Peter saw the transfiguration of the Lord. Peter prayed on the, Mount, uh, on the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. It was Peter who was separated out. Peter. Peter who makes these great claims, these great confessions of faith, and these great moments where he says that he would lay down his life for Jesus. But sometimes it's easier to make the claim than it is to live that claim out. And so he fails. He falls. When the servant girl, when the others see him and they say, aren't you one of his disciples? It's Peter that denies Jesus. And we get it, don't we? We get it. When you or I were confirmed, whether you were confirmed as an adult or whether you were confirmed as a child, you stood up before the altar of the Lord and you said, I would rather die then fall away from the Lord, then have my deeds and my actions go against the Lord's will. Those of us that are married stood up before the altar and we had this laundry list of things that we were going to do as a good spouse and we said, we will, we're going to do that. How easy it is to say those words, to make those claims, but how hard it is to live those out. How many times have we, fallen our, have we found ourselves falling short of the glory of God? How many times have we found ourselves sinning against our Lord? Yes, it's easy to say words. It's hard to live those words out. And it creates guilt. Peter experienced guilt at denying his Lord. And if the story would just end right there, if that was the end, it would be a sad, sad ending indeed. With Peter overwhelmed in his guilt, weeping over what he had done. But that's not the end. That's not where the story ends. That's not even where this particular story ends. You see, you've got to jump ahead a couple chapters. But you've got to jump ahead to John 21. In John 21, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And Peter is by him. And Peter starts, or Jesus starts asking Peter these questions, this particular question. But what's weird about it is Jesus doesn't ask Peter this question one time. He asked him three times. Peter denied him three times. Jesus asked him three times. And he asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes. You see, Jesus died and rose again. And in that act, he redeemed Peter. He took away his iniquity and his guilt. And all of a sudden, that guilt and that past event and that past sin wasn't so much a terror, but it was something that our Lord had taken on. In 1883, at the very last heist that Black Bart did, he was shot. He was shot in the hand. He actually lived through it. 
However, in his rush to get off the scene, he dropped some personal items and they were able to, to hunt him down. They found out who it was. They found him. It was a man by the name of Charles Bowles. He was a mild-mannered businessman from, get this, Decatur, Illinois. Decatur, Illinois is where he was from. But I say mild-mannered because, you see, he had by that time developed this reputation as being the gentleman robber. He didn't say any cuss words. He was terrified of riding a horse, which is why he always robbed the stagecoaches on foot or by a horse-drawn wagon. He never fired a shot. Rumor has it he didn't even put bullets in his gun. He was afraid of hurting somebody. He became known as this mild-mannered bandit. At the end of the day, he ended up being not so scary, at least in the grand scheme of things. When you think about the wild, wild west and, and, and stagecoach robbers and all of that, here was this man who wouldn't even say a cuss word, was terrified of horses and didn't load his gun. This was the terror of Wells Fargo in North California. I keep wanting to say Carolina. It wasn't Carolina. It's California. You see, in our own worlds, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has gone to the cross, not just for Peter, but also for you. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, we, like Peter, can tell our Lord that we love him. We place our faith in him, our hope, our trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in that act, he has redeemed us. He has stripped the power away of that iniquity, of that guilt. Yes, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died for you. He died for your salvation. He died for your, he died for your salvation that he would take away your iniquity. And your guilt. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, please stand as we now continue our...